This holiday episode of the Show Me Comic Cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Visit audibletrial.com slash showmecomics to start your 30-day free trial and download your free audiobook. Season 1, episode... <laughs> You're listening to the Show Me Comic Cast. I'm Tim Pickerel, digital media producer for Show Me Comics. And I'm Jordan Taylor, and I sport a lot of merriment when I write your holiday words on showmecomics.com. <laughs> Come check out my holiday blog and comic scripts at showmecomics.com. And I'm Sam Richardson, artist, illustrator, and all of the other reindeers used to laugh and call me names until I started lifting weights and learned martial arts, and then I killed them all. So on that note, <laughs> let's get into our very special, and I'm going to be redundant by saying very special Christmas special! Yay! It's the most wonderful time of the year, and the reason for that is it's time to plan for the next year. So this is going to bring us all the way out of 2013, because the next episode that you'll hear after this is actually on January 1st of a whole new year. A whole new year. Where surely old acquaintances will be forgotten about by that episode. So we <laughs> want to make sure that we kind of focus on the end of the year here, but instead of just reminiscing like a lot of Christmas specials, what we want to do is say, hey, this is a time of gathering loved ones, you know, and having a great time. But how do we want to drag those loved ones kicking and screaming into the new year <laughs> and basically bend them to our will? And the only way we're going to do that is by planning. I remember in a, one of our very early episodes, Tim and I talked about giving you a peek behind the geek curtain, so to speak, which is the whole point of this Podcast. We're supposed to be the hero's journey of, you know, comic creators that just stepped off the farm and we're ready to go out in that great big world. And we want to share our story with you and talk shop on each of one of these episodes. So one of the things that we did in 2013 was we got together and we had kind of a business-like meeting of what are our goals for the next year and what are the you know milestones that we hope to achieve to be able to reach those goals? So now that it's the end of the year, we need to do that again. We need to come up with a plan of action and milestones to get to where we want to get to in 2014. And we thought instead of just having this off the air, because we wanted to give you a, a peek behind that geek curtain and instruct you as similar to us, the people who are trying to get your comic off the ground... How do you make a plan for the new year? And that's what our Christmas special is going to be centered around. I mean, is there anything that Tim or Sam, what do you guys want to add to that as far as what the theme is for this Christmas special? I think you summed it up pretty well in that it's almost like having a business meeting live on the air. Okay. Tim? I agree. All right. So that's what we're going to do and. Uh, kind of like the ones we had in the earlier years, I kind of serve myself, Jordan Taylor, as the writer because I like to write. They're like, you're going to be the note taker because you like to just sit there and write things down. I, I like to write stories. No, you like to write things down. All right, I'll take the minutes of the meeting. Here we go. 
Point one, things we want to talk about. We've printed our comic via a local printer, and we've sold that at a show. We sold some online, but how do we want to move forward into new media? And what I mean by that is a lot of digital content. So go ahead and first point of action here is new media. What do we hope to accomplish in 2014? So I think one of the the two biggest things we want to do in terms of new media is we want to get that digital comic out. Uh, I definitely think we should uh, shoot to get on Comixology since that's a really widely used comic dis- uh, distribution app. Uh, the other thing I want to do is have us uh, actually have a native app exclusively for the graphic novel. So you could like search in like the iTunes store for Hafu and download the uh, graphic novel in its entirety. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is what you mentioned first is getting on Comixology. For those of our audience that don't know, Comixology is pretty much the premier uh, application for digital comics in the world, if I dare say. Hmm. A recent development within the last year or so that they've come up with is a thing called Comixology Submit. And what the difference is, they used to be closed. So they would get like Image and Marvel and and Dark Horse and startups like Monkey Brain and things like that to give them their comics and say, hey, you're the paper distributors, we'll be the digital distributors. And like Monkey Brain was solely digital. So Comixology was a huge part of their business plan. Um, But then they came out with this thing called Comixology Submit where they said, hey, we're not just courting established companies or people that can only reach us through back channels. Here's the thing right on our website where you, meaning you the listener or us the podcaster, because we're, you know, independent creators too, can just submit their content and get it into the Comixology online store. So the question is, Last year, we brought this up as a goal. We failed to meet that goal. Where did we fail? I'm just a note taker, guys. You you can't just sit there and uh, crick it out on me. Probably part of it was uh, just hitting deadlines also with final versions of the book. Um, Obviously, the artwork process has taken a lot slower than I was anticipating, but... uh, I think before you can complete any apps, you have to have the final book done, and we really didn't have that up until around what August or yeah, I think August is a good way to. August is when we were printing, so yeah, August of last year. So within a few months, basically. The one of the other things that we hit the obstacle with with Comicsology is we didn't know whether or not we wanted to just release Volume One of Hafu as a whole, or whether we wanted to break it up in smaller installments. And we weren't sure if Volume 1 was actually suitable to break up in logical places in the story to be individual issues, or if we needed uh, cover art for each individual issue if we were to go that route. Okay, so uh, there's two things there to give you a peek behind our process of where we got hung up. Um, The first one was, how do we break up a 64-page graphic novel for sale? All right, does that mean we can just break it into a 22-page chunk, a 20-page chunk, and another 22-page chunk? That would take us to 64 pages, right? Mm -hmm. Except that 
as the way the story was written, it wasn't written in three separate chunks like that. So you might break that first 22-page chunk and get a good cliffhanger. Then you would break that next 20-page chunk, and it's in the middle of a major scene. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Then you would get that next chunk that started in the middle of a scene that didn't make any sense. So when I, as the you know principal writer, looked at that, I thought, this is a big problem. You know, it's an obstacle to overcome. Mm-hmm. Is that when I wrote this, now I'm trying to break it into three even parts. It doesn't break story-wise into three even parts. The funny part is that first 22 pages actually does carve off pretty well. Mm, yeah. But the other two-thirds doesn't have a real good logical breaking point. So if I were to have a perfect world, I'd say, hey, we have three chunks that we can sell for 99 cents each. And they'll read that first 99 cents, and they'll end on a cliffhanger. Then they'll read the second 99 cents, and they'll end on a cliffhanger. And then they'll want to read that third 99 cents. But no, instead it would be... First 99 cents, cliffhanger. Second 99 cents, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So we kind of thought about that, and we figured, you know, if that first chunk has a good logical cliffhanger, the better thing to do would be end that on, or give that away for free to entice people. If they liked it, then they could buy the entire 64-page chunk at, like, Two ninety nine or three ninety nine or whatever we decided to put the price point at, you know. So basically, you know, giving away a a free sample, then come buy the whole thing. Yeah. So we kind of ironed that out, but what that left us with was the second hardship was that the fact Comicsology because they're an online store, there's no. Hey, I'm browsing down, and I see the spine of this book in a bookstore, and I pull it off, and then I look at the cover, and then I see the first page, and then I decide to buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, Instead, they have to kind of recreate that experience mm-hmm. through icons and cover images and different you know, photo files that they can use to advertise your book. So where we're at right now, we've decided, okay, this chunk is the free product, This chunk is the whole thing. We need those specific image files. Which, personally, I think we kind of failed at creating those image files. I'm going to augment that with saying, Sam has a lot of work to do. He's the artist. He has a lot of drawings to do. It would be easy to say, hey, Sam, where the heck are our Comixology image files? No, I think if, if that's, that would what, steal if that's time. what we need. No, I, I just think if you tell me this is what we need it on. But what's the cost, right. you know, of having you do that? And I'm going to throw that to Tim mm. because I think out of myself that if you take Sam out of the equation, it leaves myself and Tim to come up with these image files. Right. Right. I know Tim has more Photoshop experience than I do and more image manipulation experience basically than I do. Mm -hmm. So I can do it, but I have to weigh that against, you know, your time. Mm -hmm. If you don't have time, I'll do it. If we'll get a better product, then maybe you could take, 
you know, one of Sam's pages and clip a panel out that you feel illustrates, you know, the essence of the story and then, you know, lighten it or darken it on the edges and jazz it up and throw in the title. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do you think? Do you want me to tackle that? Or do you think that that's in your realm of something that you can do well? Um, yeah, I mean, I already have all Sam's PSDs. I can jump in there and do that. Okay. And if it's anything new you need, let me know. Because the last time we talked about this, I was still in the process of finishing up the first book. Yeah, there's not a lot of... Now that's, that's, that's a good point. There's not a lot of action in the f- first half of the book that's... I think really, I mean, it's, it's not it, secret anymore. Right? Well, yeah, there's that, but uh, I don't know if there's any like, there, I mean, there's that scene where she's trying to assassinate the guy, but other mm-hmm. than that, I don't think, like, all the action scenes in like a pretty dark room, so. Yeah. Well, no, what I was going to say was when we first talked about this, I wasn't done with the first book yet, so it was kind of like all my effort was, okay, I got to get this first book right, done. Right, right. But now, I mean, since we actually have one complete project, to me, it's worth more that I, you know, halt any time on the new book if we need to put together for marketing and put together a comicsology thing for this one since it's actually finished. Mm-hmm. Then at the time, whenever I was trying to use all my time to finish that product. Cause so it we could be ready in time yeah. for the convention. Now, this is that point where you as the, you know, people that are trying to re- release your book have to take a step back and look at the big picture. Right. I'm going to take that on as my rule as the big picture guy. When I take a step back, I see, and this is getting ahead of the meeting, but we have kind of a deadline for the new comic to come out. And everything I see art-wise that takes time away from you hitting that new deadline, that's something that I want to look at as Mm. negative on you. Mm. So when I'm melding this, because... Tim said that that's something within his capability. What I'm going to write down is an action item that says, okay, comicsology graphics, and I'm going to put that down as responsible to Tim, Mm -hmm. but as a caveat with Sam if needed. So here's the here's the question with that. When it comes to submitting for comicsology, are we going to just go with the first book and try to get that out as soon as possible? Or are we going to wait until everything's done and release it? I think we should get it out as I soon think as we possible. Should get, yeah. <clears throat> only because this one's a finished product. Now, even though it's only part one of a two-part story, it's, it's still, still a done book. Yeah, right? it, and for our audience, mm-hmm. it's contained. Like, there's a satisfying ending to this first half. Right. That, and we, we didn't promise them when they're going to get the second book. That's what I'm saying. Even on that, any deadlines for like conventions and stuff is they've never been promised. Like they don't get done with that book and it says coming December of 2013 book number two. We want it to be done. Obviously that's the goal is to have done right. as soon as possible, but they're not promised that. So to me right now, everything for comicsology and even for marketing is all about that half of book. Gotcha. That's already done. Yeah. That's and, what I'm saying. If, if ultimately you need me to do something that takes away from time on this other book, at least it's going towards something that's already done that we're trying to sell right now. What the? I'll get it. Hold on. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. That's, that's, that's great. But uh, we're kind of recording right now. You guys, please go away. So here's another thing as the big picture guy. 
that I feel like I did better towards the first part of 2013, and I did not a very good job on towards the latter part after we had that first main convention is on that first part, I set follow-up dates. Like I remember we were trying to build a website at that time, Mm -hmm. you know, and I said, okay, what's our tentative go live date on the website? And you were like, well, it's blah, 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 (laughs) you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, if the tentative go live date is blah, 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 my follow-up with you is going to be two months prior to blah, 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 if that makes sense. So I we actually had these discussions mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, two months prior to you being finished with the website, I'm going to check in with you and see where you're at. Same thing with Sam. It was like, hey, three months before you say you're going to be done with the comic, mm-hmm. I'm going to check in with you and see how many pages do you have left mm-hmm. and remind you of printing dates, mm-hmm. et cetera. So what I'd like to do right now with this action item of the comicsology is amongst us, what's a realistic time for me to check in and say, hey, we should be 90% ready to submit this? Mm, I don't remember off the top of my head what all image stuff that we need. It wasn't too complex. It was like a cover image, which we have. Right. And like a, a... a brand logo yeah. and like a little creator images like, yeah, like a creator image. So we're going to need to get some sexy headshots of you and Sam. Exactly. Or you, you know, we can send you existing pictures and you can crop them, but it was like a total, of like five images. Yeah. Something five like to seven images, stuff like that. So I think I already have the images like for issue or for volume one. I think they're already formatted correctly. They might just need to be, uh, all slapped together inside of a PDF. So what's a good follow-up date for you? Uh, let's see. I don't know. When do we when do we want this? We want this out as soon as possible. Yeah, ASAP. Uh, let's say January 8th. That's a week after the new year. All the holidays are done. That should work. All right. So I'm going to write down on my action item list. Comixology graphics assigned to Tim with Sam if needed. Follow up date January 8th, 2014. And that's when I'm going to check in. And when I say check in, I don't mean like I'm going to check in and chastise somebody. What I mean, if, you know, especially those people that are new and you're young, when I mean check in, I'm going to find out, Tim, it's January 8th. 2014 where are you at and he's gonna say well i really i have five out of seven images but those other two images i really need sam's help on so my job as kind of a project manager is going to be all right let me tear down your roadblocks tim i'm going to go to sam and say hey sam what what can i do for you what kind of things can i take off your plate so you can get these two images to sam and if you're a collaborator if you're a writer or an artist or whatever on a project Sometimes you got to shift into that role of, hey, what can I do to help you? Maybe this isn't my strong suit, but just let me take something on myself to to help out. So when I say check in, it's not to chastise. It's to say, call the play. Hmm? Call the play. What can I do? You know, you want me to run down the side and distract this person? Okay, I'll do it. So, 
All right, so that covers one facet of new media that you mentioned, Comixology. And the other thing you mentioned was a new app. Yes, the app might take a while, though. Okay, so go ahead. We're talking about 2014, so Mm. what do you see on that year-long game plan? I, uh... For the app, I mean, it could take, I mean, we could probably, I could probably get started on the first volume and a lot of the next one because I have a lot of those images as well. Um, it might take me a good four months, three, three, three or four months to get most of the framework done just between podcast editing and all the other right. day job type stuff. My goal is... By the time we go to the next convention with the finished graphic novel, like volume two done as well, I want to have it up digitally at the same time. Okay, so you say up digitally. So let's say we have Comixology already, mm-hmm. and then you're working on the app. What are the strengths and weaknesses of having our own app? Um, we get more of the money. Okay, as we don't have to, we don't have to split royalties with comiXology we'd only have to split royalties with whatever the digital marketplace that we are selling on would be okay so you can have it on comiXology and on the app at the same time basically yes. is what you're saying yeah absolutely so, they don't they don't restrict you from doing that they'll let you put the comiXology will let you uh submit to as many things as you feel like so what it sounds like on app development is that's pretty much within your wheelhouse mm-hmm um, so what I'm going to write down here under action items is just, uh, a follow-up, mm-hmm. not uh, a sustained goal or anything, but just, uh, basically a check-in. So a follow-up with him. And when I am talking slow like this, cause I'm writing it down, follow up with him about app development and what kind of date do we want to set on that? Do we want to put it a week out from the comicsology thing or more? More. Okay, so and keep in mind this is just a follow up. Uh let's do the follow up at the end of January. Okay, so we're gonna let me pull up my calendar on my phone here. And we'll try to try to keep these things kind of a you know, on the same day of the week. Mm-hmm. So instead of just saying it at the end of the month, which would be the, which would be a Friday, let's make it on a Tuesday. How's that work for you? Or is Monday better? Doesn't matter. Okay. Let's make it on Tuesday, the 28th of January. So that, that gives me my action item to follow up with Tim on the 28th. All right, so you out there in podcast land, we've talked about new media, which is one of our goals for 2014. Now we're going to move on to our next projects, which this is kind of like going way out into la-la land. Mm -hmm. But because we're trying to plan a year out, I mean, Sam has diligently been drawing and drawing and drawing, you know. But when he gets to the end of this graphic novel... I don't want him to be able to go to Palm Beach and and have a pina colada and get caught in the rain. I don't want that to happen. I want him to keep drawing. Draw! Draw! (laughs) So, (laughs) what that means is we have to have new projects on the horizon. So, let's go ahead, guys, and talk about 
new projects. And I'm kind of the the writer here, but first I kind of want to talk to Sam about his expectations because maybe he's thinking in his mind right now, like, dude, I plan on getting caught in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I plan on drinking those pina coladas, and yeah. that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> or maybe it's... I'm going to plan on having a new baby. So... Well, yeah, that's that's in the works, but uh, I mean, it's hard for me to look too far the forward. The Pinacoladas or the new babies? <laughs> in a way, I feel like I'm already working on that next project by working on book two of Hafu. Um, I mean, I know we've tossed a couple ideas around about like uh, muffin top and, and yeah, some other oh, things. Don't give I'll be very happy to get started on doing some artwork for a book that is not Hafu because that's what I've been drawing for the last nine billion years. <laughs> Uh, but again, I don't want to look too far ahead just because me and I'm like, okay, the word that I was about to use isn't appropriate for our podcast. All right. Well, here's, here's one thing to know. I'm center field deep into (laughs) into the second book of Hafu, which to me is like the next project and, uh, trying not to look too far past that just because if I do, then I'll procrastinate and man, it's, it's been tough, but I mean, I'm shoveling away at the second book. Oh, that's good. Um, what I wanted to really bring up with this, I think most of these action items are actually going to be for myself uh, and kind of Tim, because I'm going to bring you into the sphere. Okay. Uh, prior to this podcast, we talked about having a writing group together. Mm-hmm. So there's two things for myself on new projects on that front that I see. The first one is totally shifting gears and having a new project. And I already have an idea for it. And Sam kind of said the words muffin top. So we'll just call it project muffin top. So one thing that my goal is that, and your goal should not just be success driven, but growth driven. And what I mean by that is, all right, let's say people bought a bunch of our Hafu comic, which is a graphic novel, 64 pages, this first one. And the second one's going to be even bigger. It's going to be like 90-something pages, you know? That's great. What I think I need to do to grow as a comic book script writer is to not write stuff that, that that's that big. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What I need to practice my hand and my craft at is writing issues of comics. And that means like 20 pages or 24 pages. I mean, we're not really bound since we're an independent company. I mean, the the standard these days is what, 22 pages? Something like that, yeah. For the major guys. But can I tell? I mean, we mentioned earlier like, oh, man, we're planning for comiXology and I can't, I can't break it. I can't break it into three parts. That would be disastrous. Well, why not? Because I didn't plan it into three parts. I need to practice planning shorter segments. What I'd like to do with my next muffin top project is make it issue driven to where you can read one 20 page segment and feel like you got a whole story and then read another 20 page segment and feel like you got a continuation of the same saga, but also got a contained story. And that's a challenge I'm setting forth for myself. So the real question is, okay, Jordan, when are you going to have issue one, draft one of Muffin Top ready to at least have somebody look at, like especially Tim? 
All right, so Sam says he's center field deep. He doesn't want to look at anything, but Tim will look at it. All right, so I'm going to set for Muffin Top, issue one, draft one. Since I've already got a follow-up with Tim on January 28th, I'm going to set that as my deadline. January 28th for issue one. What, another one? Oh, hold on. Oh I got gosh. this one. The Christmas carols are again. Guys, seriously, hit up our neighbor. The other thing on new projects that I think would benefit it is because I couldn't help myself. <laughs> when we're talking about Hafu, uh, you guys are going to get a great ending on the second part of... What is it, Sam? Our two-part graphic novel? Hmm? Right? <laughs> we're making a two-part graphic novel? Right. All right. So at the end of that, do you feel like they're going to get a great ending? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like they're going to be left to wanting more? Of course. Okay. So you will have a satisfying ending, but also be left wanting more. What I did on this NaNoWriMo that you've probably heard us talk about is I wrote a complete novel... That happens after our graphic, uh, after our graphic novel, which is kind of a surprise that I wanted to keep in. That's a surprise. Is that a surprise to you, Tim? It is a surprise. To okay, me. well, it picks up right where our graphic novel left off, and it is a complete, you know, almost four hundred page novel that continues the story. I did that for several reasons, but one is if you buy our graphic novels and you actually, you know become involved with these characters, I want to give you more story. There's a lot of different ways that I can do that. I can have an ebook. I can have a PDF that I give you for free. If you buy the second part of our graphic novel, there's a million different things that I can do. I could have a printed th- trade that I sit there and say, Hey, you know, if you buy our graphic novel, I'll bundle this in for five bucks extra, something like that. You know, there's a, a billion different things, but that's only going to happen if I make my initial rough draft readable. So as far as new projects go, and this will help us out at Comic-Con, so if I can talk about this, is being able to have this available. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to jump the game here too much, but our next con is pretty much going to be in April. So by April, I would at least like to be on my third draft. So what that's going to put me at is second draft in February and third draft in March. If it's readable by that draft, maybe I'll have it ready for that convention. But, Tim, you're going to have to hold me accountable for those action items. Okay. Okay? You're going to have to uh, make sure to send me a copy of all these dates. I'll send you a copy of these notes because... I'm the writer, so I had to write it down. <laughs> okay. That brings us about to the middle of our show. I think we need to hear from our sponsor. Okay. All right. So this is a very Merry Christmas for you, for you. So I have a very special audiobook for you. And you. And you. And you. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to sound funny, but 
a lot of people when they're growing up have seen a Christmas Carol. Can you guys tell me off the top of your heads a couple of different versions of a Christmas Carol that you've seen? Scrooged. Scrooged. All right, Sam. That was mine. Was Scrooge? <laughs> you haven't no, seen the any? Disney version. Oh, okay, the with, Disney. Uh, yeah, with Mickey McDuck? Mouse. Yeah, yeah. With All Scrooge right. McDuck. My favorite is Muppet Christmas Carol. There's also one with Jim Carrey that's CGI. Yeah. There's a billion different Christmas carols. I actually read a book on writing about writing in novels, and I was shocked to see that they cited all these examples from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I'm like, what? That's a those are movies. What is this? What is this book? And I kinda in the back of my cortex knew that it was a book, mm-hmm. but never really, you know, acknowledged it. And when I read these excerpts in this How to Write a Novel book, they were fantastic. Fantastic. Charles Dickens is a master. And if you think that any of those versions of A Christmas Carol are good, I mean, seeing the guy move from selfishness and going on his hero's journey and coming up and loving and caring about people and being transformed in his spirit, it's a great story. It's a timeless story, but you cannot get it better transmitted to you than the original written work by Charles Dickens. If you go to audibletrial.com slash showmecomics right now and sign up for a free 30-day trial, you can get a Christmas carol for free. And I guarantee you that you're just going to be blown away by the original text of Charles Dickens. And if you aren't, and if you can come back to me and legitimately say, I was not touched by this work, bah humbug. He will will refund you your free credit. (laughs) No, I'll bah humbug you because obviously you're Scrooge. So Scrooge you, go out to audibletrial.com slash showmecomics and pick up a Christmas carol and marvel at the poetry and linguistic skill and prose stylings of Charles Dickens. Now, boom! So, Coming back to our 2014 planning meeting, which hopefully you're getting something out of. The third thing I want to talk about is a horrible reality. This is like when you realize seatbelts aren't important. And then you hit a patch of ice. And you start to spin around. And you're like, seatbelts still aren't important. (laughs) And then the semi off your left is barreling down on you and you hit the brakes and you're still skidding and you realize seatbelts are important. (laughs) Boom! Proper planning. Oh, wait. Wouldn't the semi hitting you be kind of like, oh, I guess seatbelts didn't matter. Because you're going to get slaughtered either way. Really? You think a seatbelt's not going to matter? I'm pretty sure if a semi's coming at you full on to the side, that seatbelt ain't going to do anything. All right. you have so a, you're, unless you have a reasonably priced new Saturn with crumple zones. Or Paul Walker stuck in his car. <laughs> oh, my God. But I have my seatbelt on. Oh. All right. So here's what happens. You are going down the road and you think seatbelts aren't important. <laughs> too fast, too furious, too soon. And then you start to skid. And you hit the brakes. And you're sliding. 
And then an alien spaceship comes out of the atmosphere with clouds billowing, lit by orange light just pouring around its hull, drops down right even with you, and they aim on you a new weapon. An anti-seatbelt disintegration (laughs) ray that can only kill people that don't wear their seatbelts. They call on the weaponeer onto the bridge. He gets ready the weapons, and he fires it on you, and you realize... If only I would have worn my seatbelt. Now I feel like you've really taken me there. I'm with you now. And you're gone. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're gone. You I, didn't plan. I always wear my seatbelt. So thanks for pushing me to that extreme example. I actually had a good one for seatbelts <laughs> earlier this week with my expired license plate. But. All right. <laughs> I guess I took it to the sci-fi realm. Anyway, the point is... I remember last year when we were planning, it was we set extremely realistic goals, meaning we did one comic convention, <laughs> so yeah. and we had one product, and that's all we had to have finish. Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure my leg didn't move at all. Your foot cracked up my thigh. Dude, and- my leg said no. <laughs> so we had one comic convention to plan for, and one product. That's easy. This year, we're looking at three comic conventions. And you want to say also one additional product, but really, since it's one and a half times the size, it might as well be one and a half times the product, if that makes sense. Mm. So the next thing I'd like us to plan is pace. Mm. Are we going to be on pace to hit our first convention? It's, and that's uh, really it's, aimed at yeah, you. Definitely, the, the best answer is it's it's possible. I mean, the good thing is we actually have one product available. It's not like we're coming in going, "Well, guys, we got this book that's coming out soon." We actually have a book available, but uh, I'm leaving it on the table as it's possible. I would say make uh, like mid February first checking point with me, and I want the book to be done by the end of March. That way, we've got time to print. We're ready to go for April and have Wizard World with both complete books done. The whole story's ready; it's there to go. Uh, but as far as pace at this point, I don't know if there's anything that I could do to make it go any faster on my end. Outside of saying, "Get Photoshop and learn how to color," or we bring somebody in to do the coloring. Okay, well, the only reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, I used to work for the United States Navy, right? And we had a training schedule that we had to adhere to. And there was a guy that was really good at training one specific topic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this same guy wanted to get surgery on his eyes so he didn't have to wear glasses anymore. And we said, well, surgery on your eyes is going to take this amount of time. The class we need you to take, or we need you to teach, is going to occur at this date. And you had to be realistic with yourself. You couldn't just tell the guy, hey, you want your eyes corrected? Sure, great, we're swell guys, you can have that. And then wait and wait and wait, and a week before the surgery say, no, you can't have that, you got to teach. Because you're the only guy we have that can teach this topic. Instead, it's sit the guy down and say, hey, look, you have to teach this topic this week. So you have this amount of time on the front end to plan for your eye surgery and this amount of time on the back end to to plan on your eye surgery. But you cannot 
have your eye surgery during this time. Does that make sense to you guys? Yep. I have no idea where this analogy is. Uh, well, the analogy is pacing, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, yeah, if if the day after we're having this conversation, you have your eye surgery, that's fine. But if you wait three days before you're supposed to teach to have your eye surgery and you can't see anything, then no, we're not going to approve your surgery. Actually, I know how to explain this to Sam. Go ahead. Sam, picture an alien ship with an orange hull coming down with a death ray <laughs> that will disintegrate somebody who's having eye surgery, but they only have they only come down during a certain week. So this is all about me wearing my seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is it, it, it's good to have good intentions and in saying, yeah, that's great. You know, whatever you need to have your eye surgery is great. And then saying, well, crap, we have this convention. We need you mm-hmm. to have your eye surgery done by. That's a totally different story, you know. So what I'm saying is pacing. How for 2014 do we want to plan on, do we want to realistically plan on you having your eye surgery done by the first convention mm-hmm. or the second convention? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So pacing. Oh, here we uh, go. No, 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 I'm not nope. getting it again. Nope. Just, you know what? Protocon? Just let Protocon get it. That reminds me. I, uh, I've already given Protocon his Christmas present. What did you give him? Uh, a new chain gun. Well, dude, that dude, just happened. no, Jordan, calm down, man. We got a podcast. You guys record. don't understand dude. that. Wait, hey. he just killed them. Yeah, he just killed them. Yeah. Protocon, not you. But that's the end of us. You're, no, but you know what? That's not the end of the podcast. Did, we got something to record. Here. No, it is the end of the podcast. This is, did you hear what they were singing? Did you hear what you were saying about pacing? This is the Christmas. We need to get back on pace. Listen. This, this is, is the not in the keynotes. Protocon, Christmas special. Protocon and it's a did group this, of kids not you. singing Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Did this. Just that got blown away. The truth, the truth and is, you're Protocon saying did this. Christmas massacres happen all the, the truth. time. It doesn't you matter who was on that truth. wall. It doesn't matter the Protocon was on that wall or who ordered the code you red. Needed the fact protocon is, on that wall. this is a PR nightmare. They would have just kept they knocking were singing on the door. Dreidel, Dreidel, and it's a Christmas, oh, see, air quotes, Christmas special. What do you think the media is going to do to us? You know what? We're down to no listeners because who Protocon just took out are the only people that listen to this show, so it doesn't matter. That's a good point, and I guess uh, let's get back to our topic. Yeah, I mean, I think more realistic is having it done by the second convention. Uh, and the reason I, I, I brought up... I, the- I, to me, the eye surgery, I thought you were equating that to me saying somebody having a colorist. That's why I was like, I'm not sure what you're <laughs> No, no, no. That. What I meant by the eye surgery is, hey, I could just <sighs> say, I have this guy. He's mm. a teacher. I have this class. It occurs then. Mm. This teacher will teach this class. The point of the eye surgery thing was, yeah, I have this teacher. I also have a human being mm. who has needs. So maybe he's not going to be available for this class, mm. you know? Um, so he'll either have to schedule around it or guess what? I, as a project guy, have to find a new teacher to teach that. What I'm trying to say is on pacing, I can say, Sam, you need to produce 
four drawn pages a day, and we will mm. hit our deadline for our first convention. Mm. That's easy to say, but I also know, hey, Sam, guess what? Your daughter has this, you know, tournament that she has to do in February, and then your girlfriend, you know, is also going to go into labor in April. Mm. You're a real person. You're not just a pair of hands. No, because I mean, as far as pacing of actual work done right now, I guess that's what I'm saying is I don't know any way that I could pace any faster as far as right. that goes. Yeah. There is not one day that goes by that I'm not working on this book. It's just it sucks because it might be only 30 minutes that I have to work on it mm-hmm. this day. The next day I might have an hour. The next day I might just be five minutes. But I'm mean, like at this point, I don't think there's any more that I could do work wise. And that's in addition to all the marketing and all the Facebook stuff that I'm doing with it as well that I'd like to do more of. Uh, but that's the last thing. I guess we- my point is my goal in my head is to have this thing done by the end of March. Okay. Is that you know going to happen? What's the possibility of that? I don't know. I would say I probably about a 75% chance of having it done by the end of March. So uh, the reason I bring this up is, first of all, if you're – an indie creator, you need to have realistic expectations, Mm -hmm. you know? And if we weren't doing this right now and having this conversation that guess what? On the, on the edges, it's a little bit painful. I'm sure it's painful for Sam to say, guess what? I can't draw 10 pages a day. So go to heck. You know what I mean? Well, no, he he wishes he could. it's, It's nothing on that. I mean, if you guys said, Hey, this is what I would expect out of you. I expect it out of myself. It's yeah, just, but it's, it's not, not realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. No, it's not that it's realistic. It's sometimes impossible. Like, yeah. That's there's what nothing I mean. outside of saying, hey, unless I'm going to quit my actual job. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like a, have time. Again, when I was in the Navy, we yeah. had this system where people would route uh, requests up to their mm-hmm. captain, you know? Yeah. And they kept getting these demands on them. And this one guy who was like, uh, you know, just in basic lower level enlisted guy he routed this request all the way up to the captain for a 25th hour in the day and he said if you approve this request i will you know accomplish what you want me to accomplish Mm. and the request was for a 25th hour in the day you know but Mm. that's not going to happen so if sam's goal with a 75 percent chance is the end of march which would give us time for printing what i want to do is i want to check in with him at about the middle of January to see where, he, mm-hmm. where he's at. So I'm going to put 115 check-in with Sam for my action item. No, and I, I prefer a weekly. Um, and we talk to each other all the time. Right, I was going to say, that's actually one of the things. Like, whenever you text me sometimes and you're like, new comic book pages, is I'll <laughs> be like, okay, screw it. I'm going to stay up till 3 in the morning tonight, even though i got to get up at whatever time. Because you know what, they do need a new page. So it's sometimes right. like I'll tell clients whenever they're coming up for personal training. You know, is uh, the the objection I get all the time is either I don't have the time for it or oh that's just so expensive. And I say, look at I, I get this. I go, well, you know, if I get that new job position, I'll have more money. Or oh, if I get that bonus, I'll be able to afford it. And I go, no, it's not about getting extra money. It's about taking the money you have and either not spending it on the things you're already spending it on and budgeting your money. If you take out whatever it is you're spending money on right now, you'd figure out a way to afford what I do. I'll do that with this as I go, okay, you know what? They haven't gotten a full completed page in a while. I'm going to give up whatever sleep that I thought I was going to get to make that time. Instead of creating a 25th hour, I just go, you know what? I'm just not going to sleep for any extra whatever. Absolutely. And I mean, I've heard people say before, like, 
when you say I don't have time for something, that means mm-hmm. you, you've made a value judgment. Right. You've said, like today, for instance, I went to church, I watched football, and I came and I podcasted. You know, guess what I didn't do? I didn't write. Mm-hmm. Now, on face value, I would say, I didn't have time to write. I was busy oh, all yeah. day. Well, really, I've made a value judgment that said church, football, and podcasting was more important than writing. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. It was that those three things were more important. Mm-hmm. If, on the contrary, I had gone to church, I had written, I had done podcasting, football wasn't important enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time for football. No, I made a value judgment that writing was more important than football. Oh, yeah. And you know, I, I mean, so, to give you an idea of where I'm at with this book and how much time I spend on it is I came close to texting and saying I wasn't going to come tonight because I was like, all right, I'm taking Madeline home now. Lindsay's at work. Damn, that'd be a good three hours I would have to work on the book. Right. Uninterrupted. Well, it'd be but, nice if yeah. these carolers yeah. would stop interrupting <laughs> us. That'd be one thing, you know. But, I mean, we've seen the results of that. But but to get back to it, I mean, it literally is like that, though. I mean, even whenever I get, like, weekly reminders sometimes, as I'll say, all right, screw it. I'm not going to go to bed till 3 or 4 in the morning because I want to get that. They want a new page. But that's what it takes to get stuff done. All right. Well, the last thing I want to move on to, and we could talk about this ad nauseum, but we've already, I think, you know, probably bored you with our planning session. Hopefully not. Hopefully you've been entertained. I mean, at least there's been music. So the last thing I had on my agenda, we'll just breeze through the con schedule. Now I kind of came up with this on my own and I spaced it out under what I thought was a manageable con schedule. April, we're going to do Wizard World St. Louis. June, we're going to do Heroes Con in Charlotte for, uh, well, here it was gone. <laughs> and um, we have our site set. Like, I've booked those two. I have not booked the third one, which is Chicago Wizard World in August. So I just want Tim's thoughts on what he plans on attending or what he plan- or what his thoughts are on the con schedule and Sam's thoughts on what he plans on attending and the con schedule. So go ahead. Guys, take it away. Um, anything short of Lindsay going into labor and dying, I'll be at the April one every day. And dying? <laughs> um, so if she dies but doesn't go into labor, you'll be there. All right. <laughs> if they both no, die. She, she, has to do, she has to do both. This is such it's a morbid one. No, okay. My point this is, is like, just because she's uh, expected to have the baby around mid-April or so, that doesn't mean just because she has a baby that I'm going to be canceling any con schedule, especially whenever the con is here in St. Louis. Right. Um, there's no reason I can't go back and forth between the con and a hospital. Um, yeah, whatever we got booked, I'll be at, because not only there is the artist, but selling. <laughs> right. I'm looking forward to selling lots and lots of books. And we'll talk about that more in another podcast, I'm sure. What about August? What do you think of that? tentative plan that's gonna be great okay so i should book it <laughs> yes Damn. i'm down for wizard world louisiana in like october they do have a new orleans <laughs> one yes. actually yes <clears throat> well that's the new thing was with, with wizard world now is they look to do cons <clears throat> almost quarterly if not more than that just around the united states well don't forget we got project comic con in september if we want it too so but we're just taking a three for now so mm-hmm. tim uh my thing with the cons is I'm not the writer or the artist, so I don't feel like I... You have a product to push, though. The, 
the comic specific <laughs> podcast. Part of the team. That, <laughs> there's that. You need to spread yeah, the and word. You on. know, you had so much fun at Project Comic Con, dude. There are tons of people that go to these cons that are just podcasters. Actually, um, Wizard World St. Louis. If I mean, I have no problem going to that one. I mean, I'm going to go to that one if I'm either a part of the Show Me Comic Cast table or. I mean, either way, I'm going to be at that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heroes Con, I doubt I'm going to go to that one. Road tripping, going to be the best time ever. Uh, the Chicago one, I definitely want to do, though, just because I've never been to Chicago. Oh, it's a blast. All right, definitely want to do or definitely are going to do? Uh, let's say definitely going to do. Okay. That's it. You said that one was August? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, Jordan's up already. Christmas time is here again! Santa needs a helping hand! Heavy metal Christmas carolers? Yeah, and we brought beer. Well, then you guys can uh, come on in, I guess. Thanks for the beer. Gnarly. Wait a minute, I think I recognize you guys. Aren't you, uh... Hold on. You're, uh... Nasty Nays from Thorhammer, aren't you? The very same. And, hold on. Don't tell me. The Prince of Party, Justin Poole, frontman of Tropical Storm. Formerly known as the Prince of Party, currently the King of Thrash. Formerly as in F-O-R-M-A-L-L-Y? Formerly known? Formerly as in yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't know how to spell it. But he will. I thought he meant on like you know suit and tie occasions. He's known as the Prince of Party, (laughs) you know. But just in his T-shirt, he's not. Well, guys, you know what? Actually, you came in at a really good part in our podcast because, well, first of all, Sam had to get rid of a Yule log, and you guys, (laughs) we just got kind of done laying out our end of year review plus planning phase of what we'd like to do. And essentially, since you guys are musicians, you know, uh, Nasty's a drummer, and P.O.P., he's the front man and the singer. So they both have experience in kind of going on tour, I guess you could say, whether that's just locally or going out of state. And it's really similar to some of the challenges, uh, both logistical and also just, you know, performance-wise that we have to deal with going to these cons. And we've... I don't know if you guys heard because this podcast, you know, you guys didn't have like a time machine and go listen to this podcast and then come back from then. Did you? No. Okay. No, we haven't perfected that technology. (laughs) Well, we basically just talked about how we uh, vastly expanded our touring schedule for our comic cons. So we're going to be doing one in St. Louis, one in Charlotte, and we plan on doing one in uh, Chicago also during the next year. So uh, since you guys are here and you brought beer, that we did. I'd just like you to sit down and maybe we can pick your brain a little bit about uh, the challenges you face and how you overcome uh, booking events, you know, making them as successful as possible, and also just touring in general. You guys down for that? Yes, sir. I'm so down. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick it off on some brain picking time. Uh, kick it over to Tim real quick. Tim, can you think of uh, a question you'd want to ask these guys that you think the answer might pertain to our comic book touring audience um one thing that uh would come to my mind is seeing as we're all fairly 
and we're like in our upper 20s, early 30s. I think everybody at this table here is right now. Um, how does going on the road affect... <laughs> that was nice. Should I edit that out? No, I'm going to leave that in. That no, was, that was, was me reclaiming a small portion of my youth after you called me old. Oh, okay. <laughs> that works. Um, but Jordan has a wife and kids and things like that. I have responsibilities of my own. How does like hitting the road for a few days or maybe a week at a time affect like your personal life or family life and things like that? Well, um, let me cut you off for a second, Naze. <laughs> before, before you get to before numbers. you get started. I'd just like to say that I have no responsibilities, so for me, it doesn't affect anything. Okay. So well, anybody who's not quite as rock and roll yeah. as King of So Thrash, basically, Justin your Blue. response is totally yeah. irrelevant. Well, my responsibilities are rocking, thrashing, partying, and, you know... Puking. Uh, wifing, <laughs> as right. the kids say. Well, you know, I'd actually like to touch on something that he just said, though. Uh, I've heard some other people say... That, you know, it's not that he doesn't have other responsibilities per se, but he has put his, you know, musical uh, career at the front of those. So basically he's just made a value judgment where he jokingly said he doesn't have any responsibilities. But what he's basically saying is he gives priority to his creative outlet. And that can be a good thing, but there are also probably some pitfalls associated uh, with that, and I think you could run into that in the comic book world too. You know, if you're just the, uh, you know, guy that's sitting there behind his drawing desk getting carpal tunnel because that's all you do is draw, and you're like, you know, I I can't deal with any of that, you know, responsibility stuff. I, mean, I just need to draw comics. Well, yeah, you might draw some great comics, but if you don't ever learn um, to raise funds to print your comic, you know, or uh, network with other people because you're always just sitting there, you know, practicing your craft alone. That could affect you ad- adversely. You guys see kind of a parallel there. Practicing my craft alone has adversely affected my liver. So I do see what you're saying. <laughs> uh, Justin is uh, in a lucky situation, kind of that is unique for De- his age because lucky. well because he doesn't have to worry about other responsibilities, really. Whereas what I was going to say before I was really interrupted by this heck of a swell guy here (laughs) is that uh, I have to, I work nights, you know, 40 hours a week. I work nights. So I have to make sure that we have shows on the weekends. Uh, If they're not on weekends, I have to make sure I put in vacation early, you know. So that kind of stuff came up, you know. Because I have a day job, you know, that's... I would love to put my creative outlet first, and whenever I get to the weekend I have free time, it is at the very top of my list, you know. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that about vacation. That's something that, you know, we talked about planning like a year out on this episode. And when it comes to vacation time, that's extremely important. If you plan more cons, you know, and don't actually sit the time to think about, hey, I have to have a day driving to this one because it's far away, you know, or uh, I have to have a day driving back. All these different logistical things, and you kind of kind of check your balance sheet of how much vacation do I actually have, mm-hmm. and how many days will this trip actually t- take? Not, hey, I'm in Boston for Friday and Saturday, but it takes me two days to get there and back. You know, now suddenly you're looking at you know six days instead of two days just in in driving time alone. It makes a huge difference. So. I'm glad you brought up vacation. 
that's the only way that gigs are possible for me right now. So I definitely have to think about that. Where, like I said, Justin doesn't have a job, day job, so doesn't have to worry about it at all. He, like I said, his job is rocking. Yeah, That's well, all he does. I think so. I kind of uh, beat around the bush a little bit when I was trying to, you know, say the artist behind his desk. But uh, really what I see is it's like the person in Hollywood that they always talk about. It's, oh, I'm not a waiter. I'm I'm an actor, you know. I'm, I'm the starving artist. So I was just going to say there has to be a time when you say, okay, if I want more people to hear me, I got to check the whole starving artist gig at the door eventually, you know, or at least temporarily while I do make plans and do uh, try to kind of have some foresight and forethought. But, all right, well, good question. And Justin's not passed out yet, so I guess we have time for another question. (laughs) Bring it on. All right. Well, let's just, I guess, kind of leave this open-ended and make it a very broad question, is can you guys give us uh, one lesson learned as in something to avoid when doing like a tour or planning a gig and then something that you would recommend to our listeners that they look out for short answer tolls you don't have to really deal with it in st louis or missouri but uh toll roads kind of butter both sides of your bread you know i know what you're talking about um that's really (laughs) Not the same as not cussing. (laughs) I can't self-censor. I did a trip to San Francisco one time uh, just on vacation, and we knew some people in Oakland. And so, like, a couple times a day we were driving to Oakland, whether it was to meet them at a restaurant or just hang out at their house. And these money-hungry people in San Francisco, it's like, every time you get in your car, there's a toll. And it was seriously to the point, by the end of the vacation... Just driving back and forth from San Francisco and Oakland, I really started to evaluate, like, uh, can we, do we really need to drive over there today? You know, or let's just wait and let's drive over there once today, you know, because it gets really expensive going back and forth, especially if you don't know the area and you miss or you get off on the wrong exit and when you come back on, now you have to pay the toll again. Yeah, there's you another to toll. Back. That uh, sounds like a nightmare. It, I'm it, never leaving this area. <laughs> It's pretty bad. Uh, my answer to that question from before would be make sure that the venue comps you some kind of uh, food or snacks or whatever, and also gas money. Because, gas money is really important. Yeah, if you get to the – I know that doesn't really fit for cons, but you know, for a touring musician, that's like – it has to happen. You know? Well, if you just spent every dime you had printing your comic book, you know, and you booked the table at the venue and everything, and you spent every penny you had, and then you realized that you drove down, and now, even if it's just a two- or three-hour drive, you just broke even on making table or whatever, and you don't have the money to drive back, that's a, that's a serious, legitimate concern, you know? Yeah, you're going to have to charge it, and then pay more on your card or whatever. Right. So... You've lost money, basically. You don't want to do that. So, again, it's just these little expenses that you got to think about. Now, I'm trying to think, how could you draw a parallel? You guys said copy food or drinks or something. I'm trying to think what the parallel in the comic book world would be to that. <laughs> you got me on that. I don't well, know. Well, I guess that could be taking some uh, care of some of the little stuff. I know some cons, you'll uh, fill out the form for getting your table, and they will have like a sign that they hang on your table. Um, 
and that's just included in the price. And the sign will say like the name of your company or your personal name if you're just going as an artist or a writer. So that is something to ask about ahead of time. Is like, hey, are you going to have my name displayed for me when I get there? Because if not, guess what? That's another expense that I have to go to some print shop or something and you know get this little cardboard stock laminated thing that has my name on it. Or in our case, uh, I remember we were asking because we have to set all of our stuff out on a table. And we asked, well, is there going to be, like, a tablecloth on this thing so that we look good? Or is it going to be some of these, you know, convention center tables where they've got a piece taken out of the the corner of it, you know, and the metal strap is, like, flapping around, you know, about to give somebody a laceration, you know? (laughs) It looks like a a table from a pro wrestling event or something. Yeah, like somebody just got uh, the DLD leg drop, you know, right (laughs) through there. (laughs) But, uh... No, that's a good, I think that's our parallel there right there is the, the little details that you would expect the convention to have. Don't assume they're going to do it. Ask them and find out. Just like you expect to get some sort of you know food or drink or something, but if you don't ask, like you said. Yeah, it's, it always helps to ask, and it, you, know, you have to kind of just prepare for the gig to be a total wash, too. Like There could be nobody that comes out to the show. So you got to have that extra money ready to go anyway. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good point because um, the convention we went to the last time, the our neighbor that we were sitting next to, he's like, kept saying, you hope to make table the first night, and you hope to make hotel room the second night, you know, and that's the key word there, hope. <laughs> you hope to, but you can't count on it. When we were going, we printed up, you know, however many copies of our book, and I said, hey, look, we have to get ready to eat this entire cost, you know, because... The possibility is there. Nobody buys it. And when we start talking about out-of-town shows, like we mentioned in our plan for this year, and which it sounds like you guys have run into before, that's a serious problem when you're out of town, you know, a couple hundred miles away from your home. Have you guys done out-of-town shows recently? Uh, Thorhammer has not recently. We are working on getting to that right now. Our next show is in Kansas City. And what about you with Tropical Storm? Uh, summer was the last time we were out. We've been here since then, but uh, Kentucky, I believe, was the last time we were out. And we got lucky on that one because uh, Kyle's band decided to break down, what, like a week after we got back or something like that? Yeah, something like so, that. So, yeah, if that would have happened while we were in Kentucky, we basically would have just uh, relocated ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or hitchhiked home. Yeah, hitchhiked. Something it reminds like me of the, you know, the... You see the people with the uh, broken wagon wheel that they decorate their mailbox with, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to pay uh, homage back to those people that actually did settle in places when their wagon broke down. They're like, well, looks like we live in Kansas now. <laughs> yeah, we almost became residents of Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> All right. Beautiful place. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't see name, any beautiful, beautiful parts name. of it. <laughs> well, do you guys have some final thoughts for our audience on the theme of our show, which is just, you know, planning for the year to come, the new year? Plan to make this year the best year ever. That's my plan every year. It never works out. <laughs> uh, I actually just joined Thor Hammer not that long ago, a few months ago, and... After the first couple of shows, they've both gone great, and it's only uphill from here. You know, you just hope that the next one goes even better. The uh, turnouts were not awesome for the first couple of shows, but you just keep going at it, you know what I mean? And you hope the next one is better. The next one is in Kansas City, 
and I hope that that goes ten times as good as our last show. You know. Well, I think our listeners can learn something here from both uh, Justin and Nasty Nays. I mean, you listen to what he just said, and the keys are optimism. You know, that, I mean, that's really the biggest key is optimism and what I like to call uh, stick to For sure. So that, and that, Never say die, brother! <laughs> that helps anybody in uh, any walk of life, but especially creative endeavors where, you know, it's sometimes you can, it's easy to look at the the darker side of something that you do. Cut out all these, um, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the non bright side. And I'm like, why am I saying the non bright side? It's going to take me five days to edit this episode. <laughs> it's, it's easy to not look at the bright side. Uh, but as you heard him say, he does. And can you guys tell everybody where they can find out more about your, uh, music and, or just find you in general on the World Wide web plug time. Uh, you can find Thorhammer at Facebook.com slash ThorhammerSTL. Uh, you can find me at Facebook.com slash NastyNaze, N-A-E-S. There you go, N-A-E-S for Naze. And uh, we would be at Tropical Storm STL after all that Facebook.com nonsense. And uh, you can find me at JustinPool.tumblr.com for all your romantic needs. Thanks for coming by, guys, and especially on the special Christmas slash New Year's episode that we're doing. So you guys have a Merry Christmas, and uh, watch out. It might be a little bit of blood when you guys walk out the door. Uh, We had an incident earlier, so just try not to get it on your shoes. You know, I stepped in something earlier. I didn't know what it was. I just hopefully it hasn't frozen yet. Yeah, or I think I saw a broken dreidel out there somewhere. All right, well that wraps us up. Pretty neat and tidy, McFlossum. So. I guess that, you know, hopefully this didn't bore you, but this is the kind of things that you, as an indie creator, should be thinking about. You know, you should be thinking about, at the end of the year, what are my goals? What's my plan? Things like that. So as you, you know, eat the Christmas cookies, drink the spiked eggnog and stuff like that, and wash away into your dreams, when you wake up, think, how do I achieve those dreams? I have to have some sort of milestones and now we as show me comics have generated some milestones we've got some hitting in january some hitting in february march and then we pretty much get dragged into con season april june august and and then you guys can join us at the end of end of 2014 and hear where we're at and learn a lot of lessons from our mistakes when we get uh you know, out in Charlotte in June. You know, you'll be able to hear how uh, we squealed like a pig. So, on that note, on behalf of myself, Sam, and Jordan, we're Show Me Comics. Hope you enjoy your winter solstice, and we'll see you next year. And for all of your Christmas blogging and also Christmas gifts, go to www.showmecomics.com and that's comics with a CS because we know how to spell and we also know how to wish you a Merry Christmas and God bless you. And while you're there, pick up your late Christmas present, a copy of Hafu Graphic Novel. Go to showmecomics.com slash Hafu and get your copy for only $9.99 plus shipping and handling. And while you're on Facebook, because we know you are night and day every minute of your life, make sure you like our Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash Graphic Novel. And send us your tweets. Follow us on Twitter at Show Me Comics.
I've done it with Cobb before, but 